Well, the media merge is gone. The clean car upgrade is dead. The selection of other policies have been well, cast aside or delayed by the first majority government in MMP history. Cynical, clinical and very effective. If the new Prime Minister's reprioritization has taught us anything, it's that popularity, you know, it's public sentiment is the best measure in judging which legislation lives and dies. Forget vision or ambition or any of that stuff. Labour just wants to win. With that in mind, the blade of Chris Hipkins' legislative guillotine weighs heavy above three waters. I think it's the last of the big reforms for which we are awaiting a final verdict. Will it live or will it die? And while the centralisation part of Three Waters, I reckon, will probably survive his shake-up, the Prime Minister's colleagues and officials will be trying to restructure the proposals in a way that, that mutes or nullifies the criticisms of undemocratic Māori influence. Co-governance. It's funny, eh? Co-governance, as proposed, under the original and the revised Three Waters reforms, marked a first in New Zealand. I reckon it's really disingenuous for supporters of co-governance to dismiss the structure as nothing new, because it is. It is new. It might have been inspired by the co-governance of other smaller entities and by some treaty settlements, but a 50-50 co-governance model for the delivery of essential public services on this scale, water for the whole of Aotearoa, that would be a turning point in, in legislative interpretations of the treaty. Now, opponents claim that uh, the Three Waters proposals defy a one-person, one-vote principle and cannot be considered democratic. And it's true that as a percentage of the population, the proposals give Māori greater representation than non-Māori on those regional representative groups. The original proposal had mana whenua at the top table, but even the revised version, the one we're looking at now, in which Māori and council representation is one tier back, that's structured in a 50-50 split. But I suppose another interpretation is simply that co-governance gives effect to the partnership principles of the treaty. And that actually, a better measure of New Zealand's democracy is whether the Crown honours its obligations under our founding document. In the words of the late Moana Jackson, treaties aren't meant to be settled, they're meant to be honoured. They continue. The great shame for supporters of co-governance is that Labour has never mounted a forceful argument to explain why it believes co-governance is the right course. It's like spinach and a toddler's cheese toasty, you know? The, the, the introduction of the reforms gave voters the impression that Labour was trying to just quietly sneak co-governance through. For all of her communicative talents, when pressed, Jacinda Ardern ducked and dived and argued that for non-Māori, co-governance was nothing to fear. And look, that, that may be true, but there's a real difference, a significant difference between just defending a controversial policy and actively front-footing it, actively selling it. Really, it's been left to a handful of Māori MPs to vainly fight off the critics. Uh, Nanaia Mahuta should never have been charged with pushing the changes through. Strategically, that was a bad decision, and at a human level, it wasn't much better. While much of the opposition to co-governance, you know, centres on like perfectly reasonable arguments about representation and democracy, there is also undoubtedly an ugly anti-Maori streak 
in some of the arguments, and that streak has targeted the minister personally. So whether you agree with the interpretation or not, 50-50 co-governance for the delivery of vital public services, I think, is a subject very worthy of debate. It cuts to the heart of our founding document, our identity and our democracy. What does it mean to be treaty partners in modern New Zealand? The Labour government's handling of Three Waters has ultimately done a massive disservice to Māori. They never sold it, they never explained it, and they never even tried to. And if Chris Hipkins chooses to water it down once again, you can be sure co-governance won't be back any time soon.